Well, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Andrea Reynolds, and I'm CEO and co-founder of Swoop. Um, Swoop was formed in 2018, um, and I will explain the story behind it because uh, the topic we're speaking about today, scale versus um, organic growth, is very much my, my own story. Uh, I had a business that was an organic growth business and then decided to start Swoop. Uh, Swoop is a funding platform for every business uh, that's looking for any type of funding. Um, so you can answer a few questions very quickly, uh, integrate your data sources like your cloud accounting, and, uh, and then thereafter that, what we do is curate and show you all of the funding that's available for you, uh, whether that is uh, loans, equity investment, grants, and we also surface savings for you. So you are probably uh, sitting at home and you're thinking, um, you know, where is my business at? What stage is it at? Um, I'm a growing business. Surely that's the same thing uh, as a business that's scaling. Well, I'll show you uh, in this session why there's a big difference between a growing business and a business that is built for scale. And uh, my own personal story was I was um, an accountant and uh, then I started my own corporate finance firm. And I really wanted to help businesses gain every form of funding that they were eligible for. So I started looking at uh, grants when they were pre-revenue businesses. I would get the R&D tax tax credits, um, I would raise equity investment for them and then once they were revenue generating I would be looking at every form of lending that was available to these businesses to help them grow. And myself, my, my own business was growing about 30% year on year, but for me to achieve growth every single year it meant I needed to hire more professionals to deliver the service. Uh, we were charging corporate finance fees and I really thought how are small businesses supposed to be able to afford corporate finance fees when ultimately they're coming to us looking to access finance. They're looking for access to finance because they need more cash, not to be spending cash on advisors. And so that was where the idea came from where I thought, you know, I can keep going with building a firm, adding more professionals, or I can really sit down and think about how do I build a business for scale? And how do I offer these services to every business, not just businesses who could afford corporate finance advisors? And so that was where the moment came of saying, well, I need to build technology. I need to find a co-founder who understands technology because I came from the background of understanding access to finance and professional services. And that was where the idea of Swoop came from. So as I say, there's no right or wrong in terms of whether you are a business that uh, is following the organic growth path or whether you're a business that really you are setting out to scale. Now, the thing is, you don't start life as a, as a scale up business. There are many steps you have to go through. And whether you are a, um, excuse me, um, whether you are a, business that is setting out to scale or whether you are an organic growth business, 
The problem is we all have to go through certain steps. So you start life as a startup and it's pretty easy. There's one, two, three, four, five of you. You're validating your product uh, into the market. You're really focused on product at that point. Um, then you move into the growing up phase and this is where you're experiencing growth. So the market is letting you know that they want your product. Um, you're thinking this is fantastic. My revenues are going up. My market share is going up and you're growing. The problem with growth is that while all of that and all of those great things are happening, uh, there are other things happening. You're increasing your expenditure, uh, you're increasing probably complexity of systems to deliver on that growth. I'll give you a personal example for us in Swoop when we were going through our growing up phase we were we we started in in 2018 where we started to build our technology but we actually launched the platform in 2020 and we all know what happened in march 2020 covid hit and every single business was looking for finance and we had in one week our number of customers that came on the platform went up by a thousand percent and you think well that's wonderful well, it is and it isn't because when you have such surges in growth, um, you're not quite prepared with all of your systems and your technology at that early stage in your life. So sometimes growth isn't always a positive. Um, and even when you are receiving that positivity in terms of your revenues going up, as I say, your costs are also going up. The other key thing that's happening with your growing business is that the number of people you employ is also growing. And I would say this is one of the biggest shifts that happens to you as a business owner uh, when you're going through that growth stage. So you start, as I say, with your five, your 10, you are the leader of this group and it's very easy to connect and understand each other. Then suddenly you're going from 10 to 50 big, big difference. You're, you're suddenly a leader of other leaders. You're having to think about human resources. You're having to think about how do you keep everyone together moving along and happy and healthy and safe and all of those things. So that is probably one of the biggest areas that I would say in terms of growing your business that uh, becomes very, very difficult. What is the difference then? So you are here, you're growing and you know, I would say the biggest problem with growth is, uh, as we all know, growth sucks cash. No matter where you look, you have to invest in certain things, whether that's your systems, whether it's your people, whether it's improving your product or your service. It always feels like that you are on the back foot um, trying to keep up with your working capital requirements. You may have supply chain issues, you may have late payers, and so everything while looking good, underneath it, you're feeling the stress and the strain. And, you know, everything I'm talking about here are all very external factors. Internally, on a personal level, you know that you're going through that stage of continuous, serious growth when, you know, you're working super late hours, you're not seeing your family at the weekends, maybe you're getting touchy, all of those things. That is where, where growth is really taking a hold. Now, you get to the point where you're at growth stage or you're, you have organic growth. Scaling is very different. Scaling doesn't uh, happen by luck. It doesn't happen by virtue of, well, you're continuing to grow, so therefore you are a scale-up business. 
Scaling is a fundamental decision that you make. And, and as I say, it's not, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. If you're, you decide that you are a business that wants to scale, like I just described, I could have kept uh, building my professional services firm and, as I said, hiring people. And that's, that's a great model uh, for some. But I want to build a business for scale. I want Swoop to be operational in other markets. We are currently operating in, in four territories, North America, Australia, UK and Ireland. And that was a, a, a very conscious decision. Um, on average, what does scaling mean? It's, it's growth. It's, um, you know, the... The average is normally two times uh, industry average growth that you're experiencing while your expenses are pretty much staying stable. Now, you might think, oh my God, well, growth sounds pretty tough to deal with. Scaling must be even harder. And the actual truth of it is when you crack the scale up model, life becomes easier. Because as I say, if you're growing your revenues at that rate while keeping your expenditure down, what you're getting is more cash into your business, more cash and resources to be able to reinvest into the tools and systems that you need to continue your scaling. So it's a funny thing. Uh, you actually become less stressed uh, when you hit that point of knowing that you're ready to scale. So that sounds great, doesn't it? Well, how do you then decide and get ready for scaling? I have put together what we put on our list um, as co-founders when we decided we think we are ready to scale. Um, and this is our checklist. Yours may be different, but I do think there are some universal points here. And the first is the right hires for the right roles. Um, you know, if you're going to scale, you are going to be delegating. You are going to be moving away from, you know, you being in charge of the build of your product or delivery of your service or whatever it may be. So finding the right people for the right roles and building your organizational structure in a way that allows that scale to happen is absolutely fundamental. You don't get it right the first time. It takes many iterations um, and a lot of pain to go through to, to get that team uh, right. I think number two is probably my all-time uh, favorite, and it was the biggest tip that I could give anyone, and that is the right processes and, and the right frameworks to execute. So as I mentioned earlier, when you're growing, you're reacting. Um, you might have bolt-ons to your systems. You might introduce a quick fix to deal with that growth. But to be able to scale, you need frameworks and processes, and that needs to be able to be exported to other markets. Um, so you need to build your playbook and say, this is what's going to work. This is how we can handle the volumes coming through without having to hire more people to take on that. And that is, I would say, the biggest lesson I've learned in my journey so far is that getting that framework right and making your systems hum before you actually go out and start internationalizing. The other one, of course, is you may have, uh, you know, a number of products or services or offerings within your business. When you decide you're ready to scale, you've got your frameworks in place, you really need to place your bets on which are the products that you believe are going to reach 
10x or 100x in, in any given year. Um, as I mentioned, when I had the corporate finance firm, uh, you know, getting 30% year-on-year growth, it was great. We were we were growing. It was all very nice. Uh, now, uh, if we're not hitting 30% month-on-month growth, uh, we've had a bad month. So that's the type of mindset and the type of scale that you're, you're, you're looking to get into. So not all of your products or services or proposition are going to give you that multiple of return. So focusing on the ones that will, you can get back to the other ones once you've achieved that scale. That's a fundamental decision that needs to be made. And of course, last but certainly not least, because as I said, growth sucks cash. What you're looking at then is, okay, I want to scale, but in order to put these frameworks in place, in order to get my product to where it needs to be, in order to build the technology that I need to create these efficiencies to be a scalable business, I need the cash and the funding to be able to do that. And so that's the other fundamental question that we need to answer and and what I'm really here to to talk through today. Um, Our story uh, is pretty much a case study of our platform. We have utilized every form of funding in the market to get us to where we are today and continue on our growth journey. Um, We started life by winning a competition, the Open Bank challenge in the UK. We took on early seed investment. Uh, We actually started before winning the competition. We had a startup loan to build our our little prototype. Um, Then after we took in seed investment, uh, we actually went and won another industry award, another grant program, which allowed us to get our technology to the next stage. We've just closed our Series A round, and uh, this week we are also going to uh, sign a venture debt facility for two million. And I'm going to go through all of those with you because if you are a business that's growing or or scaling or have scaled or getting ready to scale, um, you are not alone if you have struggled to understand where all of this, these finance products live and how do you access them. Um, Scale-up finance and growth finance in the UK is particularly fragmented, so much so that the government, uh, Innovate Finance, the Scale-up Institute, they've all come out with reports to talk about the difficulty in business owners navigating where to find in particular growth finance and scale of finance because you know you all probably know you can go and get a, an overdraft or a quick uh, short term loan facility but where do you go when you have got very ambitious plans to to execute um, you know if you go to your bank today they are not going to be able to give you the full level of funding that you will require for your ambitious plans so the key to all of this is how do you get your blend of capital right? How do you merge these finance products together to actually get you to where you need to go to hit your milestones? So the first form of of finance I'm just going to touch on is equity investment. There's a couple of quick myths I want to debunk uh, on equity investment. A lot of businesses feel like, well, it's my business. I don't want to give up control. If I bring in an investor, they might tell me to do something that I don't believe is right. 
if you are raising under what the government schemes are known as uh, the tax relief schemes, which is the enterprise investment scheme, they can never hold more than 30% of your business and they can never have a controlling interest. So if you really are hung up on this control uh, question, then going down that route of the enterprise investment scheme is one way to protect yourself that you will never have an investor who will take a controlling interest. The second point to mention is if you are then moving on to a venture capital firm, um, so where do you find these venture capital firms? Well, there are so many of them in the UK. Uh, some of them are, are UK homegrown funds. Uh, some of them are backed by the British Business Bank and they are regional funds. Uh, and some are private, uh, private funds. And a lot of them have come from the US, Europe, Asia to set up in the UK. And like us, we actually raised uh, from venture capital funds in the US, in the Middle East, uh, as well as the UK. Um, we did that through COVID. So another point of us all now going virtual is you don't have to fly to San Francisco to get a meeting with uh, a VC. Um, you don't have to fly to Jordan to get a meeting with VCs in the Middle East. So the world has opened up to us in terms of our fundraising capabilities. Um, so I think that is a, a plus point from, from all that we've been through in the last two years. But let's just say now you are thinking, well, actually, I need a check for 5 million, 6 million, 10 million, 20 million. That's venture capital that you are, you are looking for. And again, if you are worried about the, um, the influence of that venture capital fund, well, a couple of quick points I'll make on that is venture capital funds have their own business to run, their own investors to take care of. They are backing founders who they believe can get on and execute and deliver. They're not looking to interfere in your business. The majority of them are also looking to bring strategic advantage into the equation. So they will have a network or a playbook or people they can call or knowledge from doing other um, scale-ups before where they can apply that to help you grow faster. Um, and, you know, it's proven, uh, the British Business Bank has come out with this in that if you take on external finance, then your productivity goes up fivefold. And I myself can vouch for that. When you've got others there um, who are saying, well, we did this before and it worked, or do you need an introduction here? It helps you grow your business faster. And it's good to have have that outside opinion or thought process because you're busy uh, in the business and you need to think strategically when you're looking to scale your business. The second one is venture debt. So um, venture debt is a, it's a loan essentially, but what they're looking at are venture backed businesses. So once you receive investment from a VC, family office, private equity house, then they will come along and they will say, rather than you having to give away more of your equity, we will give you a loan. And what they're looking for is someone else has, has placed uh, their trust in you. It's a VC. Uh, they've said, we're going to help you get to your next level. So venture debt providers like to see that in place. It's an element of due diligence for them. They then give you a, a large facility, but what they're doing is trying to free up your cash flow. So they're not going to start looking at immediate fixed monthly repayments um, because that's essentially taking away your ability to use that cash 
to grow your business. They usually look at interest payments that can be accumulated and you can pay it as a bullet payment towards the end. So it's not, uh, it's not for everyone, but it is a form of, of being able to get the capital you need to scale your business without having to dilute further. So that's another method. As I say, we, we are ourselves entering into our first venture debt facility uh, this week. The next um, form of funding is you may have a business that's asset rich. So um, if you do, you could use that as collateral. And that's what banks like to see. If you go to a bank and you say, I have these very ambitious plans, I need to build uh, a manufacturing plant or I need to, you know, I don't know, acquire um you know, get another 100 employees immediately, the first thing they will do is say, okay, well, what assets do you have? What collateral can we use to build our security on? And that's essentially banks looking at a senior debt facility. So they will take a charge over those assets, etc. And, and it is a great facility because your interest rates are going to be lower than if it was, say, venture debt. However, it's pretty restricted to you having assets. And the majority of businesses nowadays are pretty asset light. So that's where the venture debt facility comes into play. In addition to that, there are brilliant new products in the market. So the world has moved on in finance. Uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of, of loan finance products out there to match the needs and the cash flow of your business. And one of them that's really emerged, particularly in the last three years, is revenue-based finance. So if you're a business that is worried about taking on uh, lending, particularly when you're growing and you're not sure if you're going to be able to reach those ambitious targets, then revenue-based finance looks at, well, do you have a SaaS product? Do you have subscriptions? Do you have card terminal payments? Um, are you doing very well online where we can look at your marketing metrics? And if that is the case, they will offer you a loan facility, a little bit like a, an overdraft. And then what they do is they get repayments as a percentage of your top line revenues coming in. So you don't have to be worried about, oh, I have, you know, £20,000 loan repayment coming out at the end of the month. I don't know if I'm going to have the revenues to achieve that. That's where revenue-based finance gives you that flexibility where the lender gets paid when you get paid. And so there's all of these forms of, of finance that are out there to help you get to your next level and to allow you to be ambitious and to execute on those ambitious plans. And the last one I'd like to mention, because as I've said, we ourselves have availed of, of grants and grant programs. Um, most people, in fact, over 70% of, of UK businesses have never actually applied for a grant, thought about a grant. Most people go, where, like, I don't know whether I'm eligible. It all just sounds like, you know, very academic. Well, there are great grant programs out there, and I'll give you uh, some examples when I'm walking you through some case studies. But specifically, there is a program now called Innovate Edge. Um, and we've placed a lot of our uh, business, business customers on this program, and it's built to help you get ready to scale. Um, so as I say, depending on where you're located in the country, uh, there are local growth hubs that have facilities um, that will match alongside some of your other debt. Um, there is Innovate UK. So if you're looking at innovating, creating new technology to help you get there, um, Innovate UK could be 
be uh, another solution for you. There are also catapult centers around the country. So there's a digital catapult center if you need access to data sets or to form part of a project. Um, there's one for mobility, transport. So there's a lot available. Um, your biggest issue is you don't have the time uh, nor the knowledge to know where to navigate that. And that is why we built uh, Swoop. Um, so I thought it's best to go through um, a few examples of businesses that not just us, yes, we're in the middle of uh, our scale-up program at the moment, um, but also other businesses, because uh, I think bringing to life, how did they finance uh, their path to, to scaling up? Um, well, if I take a holy moly, for example, uh, wonderful uh, guacamole that you can get in, in Ocado uh, and stocked in many, many places now, they started life um, where, yeah, they had their first small production batch. We started with a startup loan and then helped with them with their seed investment. Now, here's where the blend of finance comes in. So they were looking to scale, looking to build their operations in the Midlands. And when you're looking at uh, scaling and you might need a distribution center, warehousing, manufacturing, etc., a lot of the time we're going to have to raise finance for that. So some of it can come from commercial mortgage, it might come from, uh, you know, a, a debt facility from the British Business Bank. But the key thing is we could marry that with a local grant because there are many grants out there to help businesses create employment. And the fact that they were investing in this facility in the Midlands enabled that grant agency to come in on financing that project. The key to that was that you could reduce the cost of capital. So, you know, the total project cost could be 2 million, 3 million. If you're getting park grant funding for that, then you're only paying um, the interest on your debt facility. So that's that's one thing I would say that came out of the holy moly guacamole um, uh, case study. Uh, and those guys are, are going on to bigger and better things. Um, the brook, I think, is an ex interesting one because here is a prime example of a business like myself where it was organic growth and then pivoting uh, to a scale business. So the Brook was a, a restaurant, a plant-based uh, food restaurant, and then of course COVID hit, and then pivoted to being online delivery. And then that was so successful that it, it also then uh, opened up a new revenue line in terms of delivering um, the Brook uh, pre-prepared food to outlets like the co-op, budgeons, et cetera. Um, and so in that case, uh, the Brook is actually on the innovation Edge program I mentioned. Uh, it was looking at loan facilities and now looking at equity investment. Um, Nimble Babies, um, another one which is um, you know all natural uh, baby hygiene products. Um, and the combination of capital uh, for Nimble Babies has been Innovate UK Finance, crowdfunding, uh, equity investors coming inside uh, alongside crowdfunding um, to a term loan, a senior debt facility. So 
the reason I'm mentioning all of this is because you may think, oh, well, scaling is for tech businesses or, you know, uh, you know, I'm just a, a restaurant. Well, well, it's a, and I'm going to continue on organic growth. As I say, that might be the right life decision for you. But every business has a potential to scale. Um, you know, F45 franchise, uh, very ambitious uh, franchisee. And how is he able to scale that? Well, he didn't start life thinking, I want one franchise. He started life thinking, I want a minimum of 20 in the UK, and then I'm going to build that uh, European wide. And what he's scaling, his efficiencies there are marketing um, systems, operations, how to maximize his core central team to then build that brand presence in other markets. Um, Streamline Communications, again, a tech business, um, integrating events, um, hybrid events, and um, enabling that integration into CRMs. And uh, that business, again, venture debt, uh, plus equity investment. Um, so really, this is just to open your minds to the possibilities of, of scaling your business. Not every business goes on to scale. You know, when we as founders start our businesses, we have these dreams about seeing our brand everywhere globally, um, you know, and that doesn't come without uh, making strategic decisions along the way. Uh, less than 1% of businesses go on to be successful scale-ups. So it's not for the faint-hearted, but, but why not? Why not give it a go? Um, as I say, when you move from that super growth phase where everything just feels like there's not enough hours in the day to actually being a, a scaled and scalable business, um, it starts to be more fun is how I would describe it. Um, so yeah, that is a quick whistle-stop tour of um, going from organic growth to a, a scaled business um, and how to get there in the quick checklist, um, but very happy to take questions from, from the audience. Great. Just going to wait for the, the mic to come so you can all hear the question. Hi, Andrea. Thanks very much for that. Um, with my business, I'm, 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 it's a very creative business and I can't think of how to scale it. Is, is finding equity or selling equity in my business, is that going to be a good way to, to get the knowledge in to scale? Yes, I, I get asked this question a lot. And I think because of my own personal experience, um, uh, I can answer that in that uh, you could be a, a creative agency, for example. So it's it's taking saying, well, my business sounds like it's an organic growth business. So how would I go about get, about scaling? And should I take equity investment in? Well, as I say, it comes down to is your business, is there elements to it that you can create efficiencies and scale? So, for example, is there technology that you can develop? A lot of agencies now, interestingly, they start life as agencies. They learn uh, what is required and out of those agencies come a tech product now. Um, so there might be that aspect where you're seeing trends, particularly in digital marketing, where a lot of great products have come out of that. Um, and then the other point is, if you make that decision, how do you then go and finance it? So I would say, yes, um, you can look at, you can actually even do it as a, as a spin-out piece if you wanted to keep the agency piece, uh, which does still require human expertise, but then looking at getting in some equity investment. As I said, 
starting out life on your on your funding journey, um, the great thing about the enterprise investment uh, scheme in the UK is that it's set up specifically uh, for risk capital. So set up specifically to invest in growing businesses. So if you're a startup, no revenues or small revenues, you're less than two years old, you can raise your first 150,000 under the seed enterprise investment scheme. This is a hugely beneficial scheme for the investors because they can uh, write off 50% of their investment against their income tax bill in that year. Uh, if the business doesn't go well and, and has to close, they can write off another 25%. So, so there's a lot of demand in the market to find investable businesses uh, where you get a, a, a letter from HMRC to say that you fall under the scheme. Again, we can help you with that, but that's where you can start your, your, your journey of equity investment. Um, and then you can raise up to 12 million under the enterprise investment scheme over the lifetime of your business and 5 million in any one year. So again, there's a lot of enterprise investment scheme funds in the UK looking for uh, growth businesses to invest in. So that's a good place to start. As I say, our life was like a, a patchwork quilt of funding. It was everything from startup loans to grants to the seed enterprise investment scheme and then on to a VC. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I would start if I were you. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, it, I hope this was a, a useful talk for you all.